Welcome to Atypical, an offbeat take on news in the addiction recovery field. I'm co-host Mary Crocker Cook from the San Jose City College Alcohol and Drug Studies Program. Be sure and subscribe. And I'm co-host Gary Montreza, Executive Director of Pathway Society in San Jose. Our purpose is to both educate and entertain with recent news stories about the addiction field. We set our podcast up in sections that include drugs, news, an ethics challenge, and prevention. In fact, let's start with our first uh, section, why would you use that to get high? But before we get high, before we get this high. section, <laughs> we want to go into our rap names. Oh! Because we said we're going to give our rap names. We did say that. And so we took thousands of requests, <laughs> letters, calls, and, this, and they crowded out all the legal notices from everyone that we've ever talked about in this program. <laughs> We appreciate that. And we have all kinds of very interesting um, names. Some we cannot repeat on the air. <laughs> um, and most of them were pretty positive. Yeah. Some yeah. were kind of negative toward me. Oh, which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so should I tell you? Are you going to tell me your well, name? Well, I'm going to go with one you you picked out, which I think is perfect, called MC Squared. I think it's MC Squared. I think MC Squared is a great rap name for me. Yeah, I think that's... Anything to do with mass and light, the speed of light, is perfect. You know what I mean? Mass and the speed, speed of light. Speed of light. So all that's right. all good. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going with uh, Gmo. 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 Oh, that's great. It's okay. That's yeah. a great rap name for you. Uh, people don't like it, please write, um, you know, call our uh, nerve center for the podcast. <laughs> Let them know your feedback if that doesn't work for you. GMO. GMO. I think GMO is great. GMO is okay. Yeah. It's about as best I can do. So, uh, I mean, that's clean, right? Uh-huh. So, on to our section okay. of what we're going to do. We're going to talk about uh, our rap names and then why would you use that to get high. Okay. I-dosing. I-dosing. I don't so, even know what that is. It's not, not your I-I. It's not your iPhone. It's just I. Uh-huh. I guess me. Me dosing. Here's what it says. How teenagers are getting, quote, digitally high from music they download from the Internet. Okay. Does that sound interesting to you? That's, I don't understand how that would work. I don't so either don't. because, okay. you know, I-dosing really, in, in regard, we can use our podcasts as an example where our podcasts do provoke violent reactions. <laughs> violent reactions. <laughs> Kids are computers. Uh, there are all kinds of different things. Uh, attorney letters, lawsuits. So, anyway, let's talk about eye-dosing. And I'm, I'm not sure this is real. I don't think it's real. Okay. But nonetheless, kids putting on their, their headphones, and there's numerous videos on, on YouTube. I don't know if you've checked any okay. out about you know, kids freaking out because they're, quote, eye-dosing on music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. As if, as if, you know, the idea is this is a craze that's going on. I don't know if it's a craze now. It's some years back. Digital drugs using to change their brain much in the same way that real narcotics change oh, their brain. Oh, okay. So that's kind of curious. That is curious. The idea is you're listening to some type of drone-like music, and it's going to get you high, and it takes you out of reality. And I put here as a note to myself, it just keeps them stupid. Oh. But um, nonetheless, drone-like sounds, that could be a parent talking, <laughs> me talking. Could be I, that'd talking. Be a, my students may have used the word drone, drone. on occasion. There's nothing <laughs> about that. So the idea is this is really a popular thing now with a lot, a lot of teens here locally. Okay. 
Supposedly, it has some of the same feelings one might have to ecstasy or cannabis. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and here's where it gets kind of funny is it's YouTube, right? Right. So people monetize things on YouTube. Right. So the idea is, I think there's something else behind this idosing. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to call it a scam. But oh, just, all right. But here's one of the guys that's on YouTube. He's called Shroom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> quote. Fine, quote. A, a fine citizen. I can, just I can listen tell. to this. At the beginning, I began to see some, some blinking light while eyes closed. Then the pitch went up, and I began to feel that I'm sinking into my chair. As the pitch went down, I began to feel confident and very relaxed. And I don't want to stand up for my chair. And I don't want to say any words. Wow. Oh. We have music. Cue the music. Scary <laughs> music. Not everyone takes eye-dosing seriously, of okay. course. Uh, I'm one of them, and I suggest you don't either. But um, I, actually, I'd be I'd be a devil's advocate on that because right. yeah, yeah. we use we use sound therapy um, for all kinds of things. Sure. And I'm thinking they may have stumbled on some ways to kind of engage your brain waves. In a, uh, they don't necessarily are doing, you know, know they're doing it from a scientific point of view. Yeah, but yeah. they might be able to mess with their heads a little bit. I figured, as a uh, thespian and a singer, you <laughs> would um, come up with something like this. So I'm prepared. Oh no! I'm prepared. You're going to reply. Meeting with research. How <laughs> so, rude! I got it right here. But we'll wait. So uh, let me ask you this. Okay. What kind of eye dosing do you think would happen if you listened to Neil Diamond? Oh, I think I might go to sleep, okay. quite honestly. You might. Okay. So, Millie, Millie Vanilli, maybe I'm just thinking of another yeah. But anyway, uh, I don't think there's much to this, but of course, in Oklahoma, one of the bastions of clear rational thinking, the Oklahoma <laughs> Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs has issued a warning that oh. children should not do it. Wow. This reminds me of dancing wildly. Dancing wildly. That's the work of the devil. So, <laughs> no, that, no, the work of the devil is playing your records backwards. Backwards, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, here, anyway, this is in Oklahoma. They, they issued a warning that children should not do it. Now, that I'll, I'll hold off as to why that's the case, but um, they want to prevent, so they want to get some awareness for, for kids and parents about this. And they have to take some action, blah, blah, blah. Here's the serious aspect. Another concern is that many of these eye-dosing sites lure visitors to actual drug and paraphernalia sites. Ah, so there, I think we That's the marketing you were talking there about. we got something to worry about. Okay. And here's uh, someone talking from the Mustang Public Schools Communication Officer. This is Mustang in Oklahoma. We never, we had never come across anything like this and anything that is going to cause these physiological effects in a student that cause us concern. Now, there's no physiological okay. effects that occur going on. But anyway, some of the eye-dosing tracks have scared people. Names such as Gates of Hades, oh. Hand of God. Oh, okay. Why would that scare anyone? Anyway, these things are 10 minutes long. It's a lot of uh, different types of synthesized music, etc., and different tones and stuff like that. The idea is you know that this is not unusual. Uh-huh. I'm not, this is not unusual at all. The question is, does it get people high? That's a good question. It doesn't get people high, but it does alter your mood. Okay. We do know that yeah, music, music does can yeah. alter your mood. And so to talk about the research, you know, we do know from the research that you know, the tempo, the beats per minute, right. the rhythm, the key, major, minor, the temperament, eastern, western, the volume, intensity, lyrics can all have a full influence on a person's mood. So we'll, we'll buy it. We'll give okay. you that. Okay. We'll give you that part. All right. Um, and we'll, I'll give you also the part that 
you know, if you're at a concert and the music going, right. and you're all moving together, you have this sympathetic vibration with right. everyone around you, and the music just happens to be at a tempo that resonates with your elevated heart rate, uh -huh. about maybe 110, 120 beats. Okay. We got ourselves a Whitney, Whitney Houston, not Whitney Houston. Who was the other person? I'm old. Um, <laughs> What's that what's wrong name? with Whitney Houston? What's the what's the gal's name? The the blonde gal. The, Madonna. Oh, okay, that'll work. Okay. Well, not works. Everyone's like moving together. Okay. Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Britney oh, Spears. Okay. Uh, so there's no question that you know. I mean, as you, we know, slime molds put together will start resonating together as well. Yes, so, they will. Uh, maybe a lot of these kids are like slime molds. They get, <laughs> <laughs> they get together, and listen to this music. <laughs> They kind of resonate together, but trust me, kids are not getting high. They're not getting high dosing. from eye dosing. Okay. No, All right. Well, you know, every once in a while we have to check these things out, yeah. right? Because we get, you know, alerts about, you know, weird things people use. They, they use, okay. use it. I mean, and All right. I think it's more peer pressure. And okay. People look at these things as kids, you know, scrunching their face. Oh my gosh. And they're listening to something okay. and they're supposedly getting high. Well, it's also the power of suggestion. Yeah, like I said, it could right? have been neat. That's why, that's why it was more fun to listen to, like, you know, like, um, uh, oh, I'm thinking of Pink Floyd album with people. Exactly. Right? But in headphones versus right. not headphones is a different experience, too. Right. That's true. You know, music, true. You, you perceive music in a different way. And like I said, our podcasts could do the same thing. <laughs> we can elicit all kinds so of So people could responses. be eye dosing right yeah. now out there listening to us. Going, oh my God, who are these people? We could be responsible you know, for eye dosing. Cut people. them off. <laughs> okay. Well, that was very interesting. But let's shift into our next section news and addiction with a focus on the ADA. Now, this, I came across this, Garrett, and this is interesting to me. I hope it'll be interesting to you. It's, um, Let me eyedos on that. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. We'll all, we'll all yeah. do that together. <laughs> How the Americans with Disabilities Act could change the way the nation's jails and prisons treat addiction. Oh, boy. And I thought this was an interesting thing, and I think it'll also tap into your social justice warrior <laughs> part of you. Okay. Nice. So before Jeffrey P. has gone on methadone, his addiction to heroin and oxycodone nearly destroyed him. He lost his home, his job, custody of his son, his driver's license. So even after he began to rebuild his life, he relied on his parents to drive him to a methadone clinic for his daily dose. One day last July, his mother was unexpectedly unavailable and desperate not to relapse. He drove himself. Um, on route, he was pulled over for going six miles above the speed limit and charged with driving on a suspended or revoked license, which carries at least 60 days in jail. So, Hess began staring down the day he would plead guilty and as mandated by the rules of jail in Essex County, Massachusetts, stop taking the addiction drug that saved his life. Most jails and prisons around the country forbid methadone and a newer addiction medication, uh, buprenorphine, even when legitimately prescribed on the grounds that they pose safety and security concerns because people are frequently smuggling these drugs into facilities, which are then sold and then traded amongst the prisoners. So Pess worried that he'll, uh, he, he went through the withdrawal from methadone in jail, um, and he was afraid someone would offer him drugs and he wouldn't be able to refuse. So he turned to the courts for a solution and sued the Essex County Sheriff on grounds his addiction was a disability, and denying him treatment was a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act, as well as cruel and unusual punishment. 
Quote, I'm terrified if I'm unable to remain on my medication, he said in court papers, I will lose control of my addiction, I'll relapse, overdose, and die. Yeah. So in November, a federal judge in Massachusetts sided with Pesk in what attorneys described as the very first ruling of its kind. So this case has put Pesk at the center of a legal debate that could change how people recovering from opioid addictions are treated in jails and prisons. Right now, there's at least four cases nationwide where addicts are claiming that to deny them their medication amounts to discrimination based on their disability. So there's starting to be some traction with uh, lawyers and advocates. Um, In fact, there's a lawsuit in Maine brought by the state's chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union that was settled in September when the jail agreed to provide the plaintiff with access to buprenorphine. And then they promptly filed another claim on behalf of another woman in similar circumstances. And I know, Gary, that it is probably because of your membership in the ACLU. GMO, GMO, it is your membership, as you told us last week in the ACLU. Card carrying. That is your financial contribution has helped with this, I'm sure. Uh, Absolutely. Support our people. So far, these rulings have been narrow. They pertain only to the individuals who sued, but every time a prisoner jail agrees they're going to do this, it makes it harder for other prisons to say it's impossible. Um, there are, uh, did you know this, that in the two weeks after release, most prisoners are 12 times more likely to die and 120 times more likely to die of an overdose in the general population. Forced abstinence behind bars means they're released with lower tolerance Mm -hmm. with an increased uh, urge to use. So in Rhode Island, there's a program to provide addiction medication in the state's prisons and jails, and it's actually reduced the overdose by uh, uh, recently incarcerated by more than 60 percent. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. So yet of thousands of jails around the country, only 30 provide methadone and buprenorphine to people incarcerated there. Now, the argument against it, prescribing these medications behind bars poses a risk of prisoners selling them to other people. Um, Essex County Sheriff Kevin Coppinger, who oversees the jail where Pesk is slated to serve his time, said Suboxone um, is the most common contraband in his facility. Prisoners and and visitors have tried to smuggle it inside dentures, mail, and waistbands. Okay, I think dentures is pretty gross. Okay. (laughs) All right. He said, if these illicit medications get to an inmate who shouldn't have them and they overdose, well, then shame on me, Coppinger says. But anyway... The National Sheriff Association did recently publish a resource guide arguing that there should be more access to buprenorphine and methadone. So anyway. Um, can, you, can you OD on Suboxone? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think you can. I think that's one of the points of taking it. Oh, okay. okay. But they may take it with something else. Sure. Like, so if you take it with, I believe if you take it with like a benzodiazepine, like Xanax, mm-hmm. something like that, that could that could perhaps do you in. So uh, now Coppinger is faced with a raft of logistical issues on how uh, to manage opening a federally licensed methadone clinic on site at the jail. So right now they're having to take Peskov to an outside um, clinic for his daily dose, but that means they got to send two correctional officers and a transport van off site several hours a day, which is not practical when you're looking at hundreds of inmates that sure. could potentially be treated. So. Anyway, you know, I I will say, can I say something? Please do. Okay, it's about time that the criminal justice system has to deal with what is obvious to most of us. I mean, we've been criminalizing folks with mental health and substance use disorders and using criminal justice determinants in how we treat them when it really should be 
a medical issue. Absolutely. No question. Absolutely. They said um, buprenorphine, which unlike methadone, can be administered at the jail, will require intense supervision to prevent prisoners from selling and giving their meds to others. Some facilities have done post-oath mouth checks, requiring inmates to place their hands on a desk for several minutes, eat crackers and drink water after they take their dose. Okay. Okay. And, then, you know, they've done that in mental health for sure. ever. Sounds so like I, meals I at my house, actually. <laughs> 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 That's what happens like, yeah. to your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's your problem. What's the problem? What's the problem with that? Problem. Okay. So anyway, I was encouraged by this because, like you said, you know, we need to treat it like an illness and any other medication. They are uh, allowed to have their medication. Yeah, and we're, we've been violating their civil rights for years. Exactly. I mean, even even how people get into the system has typically been being demanded. Or mandated to treat. Yeah. 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 And there's some argument there that it's it can be a good thing, but... There's, there has to be a balance. Right. You know, it's first and foremost a medical issue, you know. Yeah. So it's now in the realm of medical necessity versus criminal justice necessity. Right. Which is great. Okay. It's wonderful. So I think it's a great use of the ADA. I'm happy about that. And um, basically the ADA does say that someone currently using drugs illegally, though, is not considered an individual with disability. That term applies to a person in recovery. So the law states that even current users can't be denied health care. So the issue, that the, one of the reasons they've been able to <laughs> struggle around this interpretation, right? You might want to read that again I it's know. so stupid. It is incredibly I'm stupid. Sorry, I just was eye-dosing it. I said, <laughs> I visualized the word stupid. I visualized the word stupid. Oh, you probably felt it too. Okay. I felt it. Okay, the sorry. ADA does say someone currently using drugs <laughs> illegally is not considered an individual with a disability. <laughs> That term generally applies to people in recovery, but it also says current users can't be denied health care. Well, back in the 80s. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, there you sure, go. Sure. There you go. So mm. it still hasn't been tested in court, so we'll see. Well, if it is tested, the ADA is not going to, on that clause, it's not going to fare well. Well, it does say, what about those with a longstanding addiction who arrive with no prescription sure. but could benefit from the mm -hmm. medications? The law is not clear whether the ADA would apply to them either. So they're going to have to look at it as a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. Well, it so needs there to be you updated to, to this current era, probably. Yeah. I suspect. But, wow. Yeah. That is, is that's That's a fascinating article. And... We could spend hours. I know. I was I was really intrigued by it. Dosing that. But while I was looking at that, yeah. I came across oh, no. one that we have not had time to get to because we've had so many other pressing, re <laughs> pressing releasing news. She's going off script. I am. It's called slang terms and code words, <laughs> a reference for law enforcement personnel. Now, Gary, I could not resist this. Oh. Okay. Is this a test? Apparently, the DEA intelligence report contains new updated information on slang terms and code words from a variety of law enforcement and open service uh, sources. Uh, it was published in, in May of 2017, and it's designed as a ready reference for law enforcement personnel confronted with controlled substances, designer drugs, synthetic compounds, measurements, location, weapons, other parts of the drug trade. Really? So anyway, uh, it is alphabetically ordered, which is quite helpful, um, with new additions <laughs> in the Italic uh, text, and it has categories in English and foreign language derivations. Now... <laughs> Jeez. I think it will be important to start educating our listeners about new slang terms for drugs so they don't get caught unawares and someone offers them something like 
animal cookies <laughs> and they accidentally popped some hydroponic marijuana cookies in their mouth Clean. because they thought they were actually animal cookies. Are they the frosted ones? Or no, there's the regular ones. So anyway, well, because animal cookies, obviously, is a slang term for hydroponic marijuana. So oh. what we want to do, I suggest we start working in slang terms whenever we're covering specific drugs. No kidding. So our listeners can be more informed consumers. Give me another one. That was a good one. Okay. Well, one? yeah, I do have another one. Let me take a little peekaroo here um, because there's there's all kinds of interesting uh, slang. We could use things like, um, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Guess what, what breakfast of champions is? It's not Wheaties. No, it is crack cocaine. Okay. Okay. okay? So like hotcakes. I'm going to offer you some hotcakes. And you uh, might think you're having some pancakes okay, and you're yeah. getting some crack cocaine. Ooh, that's bad. So it's another name for it. Yeah. Okay. Another name for crack? Oh, how about East Side Player? Eye opener. East Side Player. Jelly Beans. Okay. Wow. That, that yeah, Kryptonite. That puts Reagan in a whole new Right, language. Kryptonite. Kryptonite. Yeah. So I think we so need are to. So there's regional names, right? Most of those are music. These are just, names. these these are these are names of the DEA, apparently. It's all you, over the you country. You think someone with our hardened backgrounds, uh, I know. MC Squared and GMO would know We all would these, know all of these. But we don't. Okay, because there's just so many of them. Wow. So I'm assuming our our, our listeners don't have, don't know all of them either. So either. that's pages and pages. It is. So we're going to, but every time I'm thinking we, we're, we're going to have to throw, this, we highlight a particular. 100, 100 years of material here. I know. And, <laughs> Do they have a coloring book for it? <laughs> I mean, that would be helpful for me. Well, I'm just saying, we got all kinds of stuff we oh could my. be we could be teaching them here, and we're not doing our job if we don't. So, <laughs> I'm, in the future, when we're covering particular drugs, I think oh. we should take a minute to make sure we pull in a few of these. We will pull in some very of those. important it's, slang terminology. You heard it here first. That's time. right. We're, gonna, we're, we're gonna, all going to learn together. That's right, because we don't want we don't want our listeners caught off guard and ordering hotcakes and getting them some crack cocaine. No. We don't want that. All right. Well, is it time? <laughs> Switch. It is. Yeah, off of the, all those names. That wow, East, I East know. Side player. Uh -huh. Is that what that was? Uh -huh. Oh man, there's a lot of East sides in the in the world. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, let's let's switch over to it's time for ethics challenge. Okay. Uh, addiction counselors acting badly. Love it. If you are an addiction counselor or you know and love one, uh, <laughs> get out your CCAP ethics. I'm doing it right now. To follow along, we have a link on our atypical.podbean.com link. Okay. Uh, Mary, I'll read this story, and you have to identify the ethics code or codes okay. violated. Okay. I'm ready. So, I got them out. There's two of them. There's two stories. Okay. So one is uh, just hold on to your, your slang. We need to have a slang term for this. <laughs> In a hearing about addiction and treatment, uh, addiction treatment, companies, sketchy advertising practices um, CEOs ask for more regulation. So okay. there's a hearing about, well, you know, the stuff we talk about within, in right, AI right, right. And all these really weird practices. Okay. Now the CEOs that are running some of these larger treatment facilities uh -huh. want regulation. They do. Oh yeah. How so incredibly weird is that? Really? Okay. And guess why? Why? It's cutting into their profits. Oh yeah. That's, okay. That's, really, that's usually what would motivate a CEO. You know, I had to throw it in. I know so, you did. Yeah. This is, um, this is probably a, a, not quite a year ago. Addiction treatment industries um, practices have come under a lot of scrutiny as of late, mostly on this program. <laughs> <laughs> Based on all the letters we get. <laughs> ah, but some of them uh, are admitting that their business practices are not um, what they should be. Okay. And even some of the ones that have had sketchy practices are now suggesting they're kosher. 
their own word. It's, it's oh all my culture. goodness! It's all good. So here's a quote: um, We support the committee's efforts to clean up the practices that are harming us all," said okay. Marvin. Um, Ventral, look, we'll look for the letters in the mail. Okay. Uh, he's the executive director of the National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers. Um, he noted that groups normally lobby for less oversight. That's right. But now they're offering, they want more, more oversight, oversight. Because okay. it really is the wild west out there. As you know, if you listen to this program, yeah, it's, it's pretty off the hook it's, out there. It's, it's, it it's off the hook wild west. So, uh, or as we like to say, it's, it's, um, it's eats east side. <laughs> What is it, crazy? No, I don't know what it is. Okay, so I do think we need federal intervention. Wow. Wow. That's okay. mind-blowing. We're asking so, for government help. Okay. That is from the American Addiction Centers, which okay. uh, they are some folks who have had some interesting uh, – they've had an interesting past as well. Yes, they have. Um, but they're now asking for, for, for oversight. So okay. They met uh, – they're talking about some of these different practices. Um how should I go into this? This hearing focused on call centers, for example, okay. which we talked about, which refer callers to treatment facilities in which people are frequently fined by searching online. Right, you know, right. The one eight hundred numbers. Yeah, those amorphous. They don't. Yeah. Look, you don't know if it's a center. It's just a portal, right? Right. And news investigations have found, of course, uh, and as have um, us here at yeah. a typical <laughs> podcast. Unscre- in our investigative in, in journalism. The, in our investigation department. <laughs> which is another closet over, uh, have found unscrupulous call centers. Can you imagine? Oh. Um, referring patients to shoddy facilities that okay. sometimes don't even exist, oh. especially patients with private uh, Oh, yeah, they would you be know, like, they, they yeah, no catnip, yeah. So a journalist, uh, Kat Ferguson, found that companies involved in the care of one call center alone uh, build, a user, uh, build this person, uh-huh. one person in particular, her insurance for more than $3,600. Guess what it was for? Urine? A urine test. A urine test. How did I know that? One urine test. Liquid gold. I what think we've even discussed it that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. We had some former NFL we did. that we talked about. Yeah. Which Medicare reimburses, of course, for less than $80 a day for a sample, but apparently this person was very special. So this is, you know. Wow. And this poor person was billed or their insurance seventy five thousand dollars for eleven days. For eleven days, seventy five thousand. So, yeah, yeah. So, so now finally people terrible. are saying, hey, you know, there's a right to know what they're getting into when they call these these folks. Um, or represented from Republican or Republican is Republican from yeah. Oregon. <laughs> I don't like to mention that ours, but I did. Uh, a person from Oregon. Okay. So some witnesses at the hearing also made additional attestations um, and that weren't very pleasant. Uh-huh. Here's the National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers updated its code of ethics in December. Okay. Just, you know, just last December and kicked out dozens of members since. Wow. So, they're kind of getting starting to police themselves a little police bit. Themselves. Nice. And as you know, AAC is a company headed by uh, one of the other witnesses that was part of this case or this hearing. Yeah. And was one of those uh, centers that started paying their call workers salaries because they used to pay them based on commission. Commission. Ooh, yeah. commission. So they, they, they That's kind of, sleazy. It's called a self-own. That when, is When you're less... at a, a place oh. and you're, there's a hearing and you're one of the folks that are kind of 
talking about. Yeah. And then you automatically quickly change your practices. Yeah. It's called the cell phone. So Got it. I'm not sure where to think about this. Um, I think it's in the right direction. It's in the right direction, yeah. And the, the goal is to, to really educate um, folks and not have this this inner dealing between treatment centers and other business, third-party businesses. Exactly. Nothing to do with your care. Exactly. Okay, well, if we look at our code here, well, I'll tell yes. you what jumped right out of me as principal uh, <laughs> one conduct, advertising, marketing, promoting programs <laughs> in a false and misleading manner. Mm-hmm. That was pretty pretty what, obvious what, what to that mean? one. What's misleading about 36 <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like we can help you. I've seen those commercials too. Like, if you're ever home on the on uh, during yeah. the day, oh sure, oh yeah, they've got that sad music. Yeah, you know, and the guy comes on wearing a lab coat, pretending oh, yeah. he's a medical professional, <laughs> holding a clipboard, and saying, "We can help you. You don't have to do this alone. It's a disease." One, and then you look up, time. and it has a disclaimer at the top that mm-hmm. says, "Private insurance only." That's right. Ching ching. Is okay. there a street name for that? There should be. So you want another one? Okay, yeah, let's yeah, do this, it. This one I wrote at the top of it, chilling. Okay. And I'll tell you why chilling. Facebook to require treatment centers to obtain certification from monitoring firms. Oh, How's I heard about like? this. How's it sound to you? It's just on his face. What's it sound like? They're going to require that treatment centers have certification and there'll be this monitoring firm. To so, try to make them legit. I heard Bing yeah. did this this week too. Yeah, okay. Okay, so tell me. This is effective immediately. This is not too long ago. Uh, Facebook's going to require a a third-party company to monitor. It's called Legit Script. Okay. Um, to before being approved for advertising person um, addiction treatment services in the United States. So that sounds kind of cool, doesn't it? I mean, well, they want to make sure your treatment center is legitimate. Yeah, is that yeah. What you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So to advertise on any Facebook property, so that's you know Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, Audience Network, Atypical Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if they'd like to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Google and AdWords and all that other stuff. It's all okay. linked together. So okay. legit script will review the facility's background, qualifications, uh, compliance with state laws, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I don't know how I feel about this, but... Um, it worries you. I can tell by your little... Yeah, they, they your need, little, My, my, my little, brow is Your brow furrowed. is furrowed. It's yeah. furrowed. Tell me. Yeah. GMO is... GMO looks furrowed. So there's 15 <laughs> requirements they have to meet to earn certification. Okay. But here's what they have to say uh, before I... I douse, douse this flame. Oh, okay. Today's announcement is this next step in our efforts to support our community on Facebook in response to rising addiction rates in the U.S. Oh. Isn't that just That's warm, lovely. Facebook does love to help. Warm the cockles of they your do. heart. They do. They love to help. folds of your heart. <laughs> gets all warm in there. We're expanding our policies to restrict ads for drug and alcohol addiction treatment centers because when facing addiction, people should be able to avoid scams and predatory behavior as they find support for themselves and loved ones in need. Okay. Predatory behavior such as having all of your personal information (laughs) (laughs) and using it with all kinds of other advertising uh, folks. Here's the thing, folks. Facebook has everything on you. Oh, if you're on Facebook okay. and if you're a person who's admitting to having an addiction or substance use disorder oh. issue, I already question whether that information is safe. Oh, good point. So here they have all that information on you. Oh. And so maybe they're not going to have these folks, these centers, advertise. Okay. But maybe there's going to be other types of, of advertising. Um, that's, okay. That's... Um, 
targeted toward you. But the, the really scary thing is what if there's a breach of their security and that information gets out, personal oh, information about you. Right. And you've and they have a profile of you that says maybe XYZ. Yeah, well, you know, it's just like ever like right? the other day I was I was gonna sure. buy this I I wanted to buy this dress for the catalog. Huh? And then the same dress kept popping up over and over and over. All the time. All the time. So what if what if the so what if I yeah you, yeah I start looking hey I'd like to have, have some addiction treatment and it says oh yeah, yeah she's, she must want addiction treatment. addiction treatment oh she's, oh she must be you know oh to me it's I see what you're I see what you're worrying about okay yeah. okay and that's a legitimate worry and okay I, and I I really trust Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Well, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't trust he's Mark? A, he's such a warm... He wants to change the whole world. Warm dude. So uh, Facebook, a partnership with them, they're this legit script. They're they're going to make a series of moves to try to address the opioid epidemic, right? Okay. Because uh, Congress can't, I, I, I guess. So um, SAMHSA's involved here as well. The National Crisis Hotline, they want to try and link, have a module that links people together. But um, So how do we look at this as an ethics challenge? Well, how would we look at that? I mean, I think in some ways, well, what they're trying to do is avoid an ethics challenge because the That's ethics challenge would be misrepresenting the status or type of credentials or misleading mm -hmm. advertising. Those mm -hmm. are the ethics challenges. So they're trying, sure. to, they're trying to get around mm -hmm. that or, or at least address it, right. which is a good, it's a worthy goal. It's a worthy yeah, it's goal. It's a worthy goal. It's a worthy goal. But uh, obviously I'm a bit, you know. Yeah, a little, little leery anytime you start to put the... Facebook involved. I said they are. They collect all these data. Yeah. So they have. They have you. <laughs> they got you. Yeah, they do. So I don't know. I don't. Um, be careful, folks. Yeah. Remember, online life is like the half life of plutonium. So <laughs> going to be around a long. Well, okay. Time. I'm going to confess one of my more paranoid thoughts. Oh no. That the reason I do not get my, um, you know, those ancestry kits. Yes. I'm paranoid about it. But then then my in somewhere there's in this database That's that'll true. be all my genetic profile. Well I as though anybody would want my genetic profile. <laughs> well, if I was reading between the lines when you told me earlier about this I was thinking maybe you didn't want to do that because you still want the option to be able to commit a crime at <laughs> to go on a crime spree. And if they have your stuff, I'm, I'm toast. You, you can't do it. You're right. You're done. You're cooked. It, or I just want to remake me. You just want, yeah, if you want to just drop out, <laughs> you can't. I want to go off the grid. You want to go off the grid. I'm off the grid. So, okay, know, well. MC squared off the grid. Yeah, MC squared. She's, off, she's already off the hook. I was supposed to. Off the grid. Well. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. I know, like I said, Bing made the same announcement this week, so I guess they're all in cahoots. It's a bit chilling to me, but... Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I think that the intent is worthy. Yeah, we'll I see. I agree. Okay, well, now we get to shift our next session, which is an interesting article about prevention. And I thought this was kind of a cool thing I came across. It's about a pro wrestler. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I love to do the articles in particular about athletics because that is so not me. Anyway, <laughs> the pro wrestler actually is a part of a sobriety documentary. So it's a harm reduction issue. Basically, he says, finding a few action figures of himself and propping them up on the table, he was signing for autographs. Former heavy world heavyweight champion Justin Credible visited Just Ken Sparks as part of a documentary. <laughs> And it talks about... <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, yeah, His name is just incredible. Okay, hold on. Did you say professional wrestling? He is. You mean like the folks that are on the, the TV with, uh, you know, yeah. body slams Heavyweight champion. Oh, that's not real, man. Okay, okay, stop. You might be. Anyway. 
It's not. It's not. Well, he says this whole thing is just a journey of my life and career. Uh, what I want, where I went to, and where I am today. And he says it's a journey of a man navigating his way through addiction, family problems, through the industry of pro wrestling. Okay. And so basically, apparently, this guy is big enough to have action figures. Uh, yeah. have, I mean, I don't have an action figure about either. me, do you? I don't okay, well, maybe well, Gumby. Justin but- Incredible. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> People don't know who Gumby is anymore, but that's all right. Well, apparently, uh, Polacco says he went to treatment for alcohol abuse in 2017, and he got a lot of support. And so uh, some people reached out to him and said, can we make a documentary about your recovery? So it's scheduled, it's scheduled to come out this winter, and it's uh, being filmed. And I don't know, apparently he's been in wrestling since the 1990s. He's been with uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, two mm-hmm. stints in the promotion twice. Once, he was Aldo Montoya with the then World Wrestling Federation okay. and Extreme Championship Wrestling. Well, I, you know, so there you I, go. I think it's really cool because he's in a position where a lot of people get to see him. And exactly. And he gets this positive message of, exactly. of how to navigate these things. Yeah. So he says, you know, we're not trying to create a wrestling documentary. We're trying to record his recovery. Yeah. And we hope uh, more mm-hmm. than uh, anything his redemption. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think that's kind of a cool Cool little prevention thing. Said he's had stardom, he's had success, he's had failures. So it's kind of nice to see how he's doing despite all of his setbacks. I think it's it's lovely because yeah. it reaches a lot of people that enjoy. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, it used to be called Big Time Wrestling. You know? Yeah. They, we used to watch it. We knew it was fake, but apparently some people believe it's real. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter if you but think it's, it's real or not because you're going to get help anyway. You're going to find Okay, help. better than help, you get action figures, Gary. You get action okay, figures. Okay, I think recovering counselors should have action figures. <laughs> Where are our action figures? What does it look like? <laughs> okay, they don't have to I have just, tattoos. You know, I just, I just had a really bad thought here. What? Um, we talk about sports and athletics, right? right? You talk about folks that are in football, baseball. And right. They, you know, a, a friend I went to high school with lost his life to drugs, and he was a, a really uh, a Golden Glove wow. player. Okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty hardcore. So really talented guy. But I always thought about, what about motorsports? Yeah. What about these other sports that involve, you know, high speeds? Like bicycling? Well, maybe you'll cycle. We know they cycling. do. We know they do. We know they don't. Yeah. They do. Okay, they do. I know they do. They, they, they do, yeah. Not all of them, but you know, some of them. Mm-hmm. But what about, you know, like NASCAR or F1, Formula yeah, One? Yeah, Formula One. I wonder. What are you I'm wondering? wondering? Like, are they ever addicts? Is that what you mean? Yeah, wondering? they must be. Well, there's, they well you know they like stimulation and speed. Oh, absolutely. So I would think they'd like yeah. a little cocaine now or Yeah, they're probably. Time. How do you do, you know, 24 hours at Le Mans, for yeah, example? Yeah, good point. I mean, you have another driver, but how do you, you know, geez, I don't know. Huh? Acquiring minds want to know. I want to know. Okay, we'll have to let our investigative well, journalist uh, department. We never take yeah, a look we'll, at that. Well, we will. We'll switch it over to them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I I, I, I'm, I want to get back to the action figures at some point, Gary, because I think this is a new market I, right here. <laughs> okay, recovery action figures. <laughs> I just think they're going to be little pieces of Play-Doh or something. No. What's that? Well, I'm going to noodle on this idea some more. Maybe we could bring Pet Rocks back. <laughs> I could be one for I could be a Pet Rock. You could, we, could paint, we could paint people on it. Okay. We could. All right. Well, all right. So is that it? That's the That's one. it. That's that, the that. That's a really cool. That is cool kind of cool. Huh? I like that. I like the things that make me happy. So 
Well, okay. We're happy, but now we've come to the last section okay. of, of the day, um, pretty much. Humility check moment. Yay! Humility check moment. So this section reminds us not to take uh, ourselves too seriously. A key to burnout prevention is humility. And so... What, what do you think? Well, last week, first, let me see your hands. <laughs> do I have all of my digits? Okay, we're good there, right there. If you last 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 week's program, you understand there was a, a harmless... Yeah. Battery in yeah, case. I'm not sure how to even describe it. What required uh, just a little bit of patience ended up... Requiring a drill. And a lot of smoke. I just see like burning plastic and pieces flying and unprotected eyes and getting shards of plastic in your eyes. And and your cat's looking at you going, these humans. Why doesn't she just use that other tool? What's wrong with MC Square? Well, she's using something that was in that list. Yeah. So, uh, okay, we're good. You're okay. I'm cool. I got all my digits. What happened this week? You break anything? Okay, well, this week, this week, you know, I... I <laughs> okay, this is a different kind of ridiculous, Gary, but this is so me. All right. So I'm, I'm headed somewhere, and, and you know, I need to have my large my large iced tea. I have to have, always have to have my large iced tea because it's got to be hydrated again. Yeah, it's important to be hydrated. All right. So, all right. So I pull in, I pull into Wendy's. Oh yeah. Pull into Wendy's and you know, minding my business. And of course I'm a little woolly headed at times. So I get distracted by something and I get, (laughs) so I go, so I go rolling up to the, to the drive-thru window and I just sit there and I look at the lady and she looks at me. (laughs) <laughs> and she, and she says, and I look at her and she says, um, it's 3.42. I go, oh my God, you mean I have to pay you? And I started laughing. <laughs> I didn't know I had to pay you. I, I, I thought you didn't even talk to her on the speaker yet. Oh, no, no, so I thought you just pulled up and you're looking going, okay, what so, do you want? I don't know, what do you want? Oh, it just killed me. It did because I think, okay, so then I did hunt for my purse, you know, I give her the money and the poor woman. But literally for the moment, I just thought, I just totally forgot why this I was is, there, Gary. This is a deep sense of entitlement. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Obviously, I should not have to pay for my <laughs> Where's your manager? Check out this ride. What kind of this? Check out this car. <laughs> Don't mind the cat here. <laughs> so that was my ridiculousness where I just totally forgot I had to pay, Gary. And there it is. I thought it was that you just forgot to mention anything in the speaker because I have done that. They just drive up and go, oh, yeah, I forgot this thing. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Well, but the thing is, I rarely am the only customer. I don't know how you bag that. Normally, I've got to sit behind at least three people, which is why I get woolly-headed. Which is why I If I, I could just roll before, on up. Yeah. yeah, I rolled up. Um, the one time I did that, I just rolled past it because there was no no one in line. I'm like, and then you just waited you know, at like, the window. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking at me like, "What are you thinking?" I'm like. I'm, I'm at a Obviously, I'm here for food. And they're like, no, you're here for a brain you'll never find. And, sorry, dude. But um, speaking of the past, I should go, should I go into the Go, yeah. The you tell me what you got. This is one of my favorite stories that I think exemplifies what I'm really about. Okay. If, if you, you grew up in a certain era in grade school, they had these things called weekly readers. Weekly readers, okay. Yeah, and, you, and it would had all these stories about nature and the different things they wanted you to learn. And every week you'd read it. And um, I was terrified of reading aloud 
out loud terrified because okay. I was really bad at it. Oh, okay. Um, but that's not what the story's about. So, because um, I got over that later in my life. But the story was about bald eagles. <laughs> okay. Bald eagles. Bald eagles. Okay. Bunch of facts about bald eagles. And so, you know, I'm thinking, this is fascinating. I love bald eagles. This is really cool. These birds are really neat. And first thing comes up, the question uh, from the weekly reader, the teacher asks, are bald eagles really bald? <laughs> Your hand goes up. up. <laughs> yes. They're really bald. <laughs> and I'm not, every kid oh. hurt their neck. They looked at me so fast. They looked at me so quickly that their necks, I think, probably hurt going, What's wrong with this man? What's wrong with this boy? What's, yeah, they're really, yeah, so, because I wasn't able to read the whole thing. And so you just sort of guessed. Well, yeah, but why would they call him bald? I I completely agree with you. So I just used this. You used your intuition. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) With no information, which is a really bad thing to do. So later in my life, I realized, okay, you got an intuition. That's nice. That's nice. Go find the information. Go too. find the information too. See if it's going to kind of line up just a little bit and then move forward. But yeah, that was one of my great moments. Yeah, it was. I was so proud. Yeah, I bet you, you look proud one? just telling that story. When you're the first one. You're like, wow, yes. I am just, I am the dude. It's like, sit down. Sit. I am the dude that knows about bald yeah, eagles. Sit down. <laughs> and I don't need to do something pesky like read. I don't need <laughs> Because I read so slowly. Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. That's why I didn't like to read aloud, you know. Yeah. So uh, maybe it was just a strategy to try to cover up. What yeah, I was it could be. be. Able to do well, but um, I'll tell you that was. I'm telling you, Gary, you were all over that. They're not bald. They're not bald. Just in case anyone out there has any questions. Yeah, there's more, but you know, but you could do some. You can read. Like. Okay, well, <laughs> thank you for thank you, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you and hanging out with us. Uh, again, this is MC Squared with uh, GMO. GMO. And we will look forward to uh, meeting with you next week. Take care. Take care.